Welcome back, everyone, to On Campus with Miss T. I am your host, Miss T. I'm your co-host, David. And today is episode 17? Yeah, 17, I think. I think so. I think today is episode 17 of our podcast. I'm pretty sure episode 16 was the demonology episode. I don't remember. Um, well, we could be wrong. <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to keep track sometimes. But today's episode will be covering the subject of sex education. Ew. <laughs> but before we dive into that, we're going to do our rewind. And I am apologizing ahead of time because my voice probably sounds really gross. I am sick once again. <laughs> Part of yeah. being a teacher. She's gross. <laughs> but yeah, so for our rewind... I have found yet another article about the measles. Nice. So this article is titled, Measles Makes Your Body Forget How to Fight Other Diseases. And it was posted on Halloween, October 31st, 2019, on OregonLive.com, which I believe is part of the Oregonian newspaper. <clears throat> and a quote from there says... In addition to the illness caused by the virus, a measles infection also takes a wrecking ball to the immune system. It destroys up to half of the existing antibodies that protect against other viruses and bacteria, according to research published Thursday. Damn, I didn't know I did all that. Yeah, so I think um, if you read the article, I think it said there was some <clears throat> research done in like Switzerland or something because I guess there's a lot of people there that don't take the measles vaccine. Or that are like, there's a lot of anti-vaxxers there, okay. I guess. Let's say they're anti-vaxxers? Yeah, okay. so they they did a lot of research on people that had not taken the measles vaccine and that then got the measles. And I guess their research found that it was like between 10% and 73%. That's how much like antibodies you lose or oh, something. That's a, okay, that's a big gap. I guess, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it depends on the person. And it's like new research. Sometimes it takes a while to get more like precise, I guess. Um, but yeah, so either way, whether you think it's more towards 10% or more towards 73%, either way, you're losing some antibodies once you've gotten the measles. Um, so it makes you more susceptible to other things like, I don't know, getting the flu really yeah, bad. Yeah, common or, stuff. Yeah. Uh, stuff that you, like, would encounter probably every day, you know. You just aren't susceptible to it because you've been vaccinated. Mm. So I'm assuming you'd have to take all of those vaccines all over again, right? Like mumps and... Uh, I don't know what else. I don't know. Polio. I don't know. I don't know what other vaccines we get. I don't know how antibodies work. I think <clears> you just, you just got to wait to make new ones or something, right? Well, you have to be exposed to it in order to make new ones. I don't think that's how it works. That's what a vaccine is. No, well, I thought it just, it just builds your body, recognizes it, and knows how to fight it. Yeah, I don't because think... it injects a part of that disease into yeah. your system. I don't. What I'm saying is I don't think an antibody lives forever, and then once it dies, oh, no, we don't know how to fight this anymore. That's not how it's it works. It's like your body, quote-unquote, forgets it. Like it doesn't have any memory of you encountering that disease. You don't have those antibodies anymore. Like I said, I don't know what antibodies really are, so I can't really... Okay. Well, the point is you're more susceptible yeah. to other diseases and infections. 
Well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but also, and this isn't really a rewind, I guess. This was just something that I thought was really cool um, that I saw on my feed the, this week, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is called, uh, the title of this article is Mexico Air's First Commercial in Nahuatl. I don't even know if I'm saying that properly. But, um, yeah, the video is called Mictlan, Un Viaje al Mundo de los Muertos. And it was published on We Are Latin Live, or the article was published on WeAreLatinLive.com. Um, so this video was released by the Cerveza brand Victoria. Okay. The beer brand Victoria. And it's, if you don't know what Nahuatl is, it's an Aztec language. Mm. Um, that most people have probably never really heard of unless you're like in that region of Mexico where they still speak it. Deep. Um, a quote from the article says, Nahuatl is not just the language of our ancestors. It is still spoken by the 1.5 million Nahual, I don't know how to say it, sorry, um, living in central Mexico. With this commercial, which features indigenous actors, Victoria plays homage to our raices and the power and pride of the warrior that still flows in the blood of raza today. So I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, That's cool. And then at the end of the video, um, which I thought was pretty awesome, it says, En México somos chingones hasta la muerte. And it's like a kind of a, like the whole video is like supposed to be like dead people or something. They all look like skeletons. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll play the video really quickly, I guess. For you, I don't know if we'll do it in the podcast because it's, well, I guess we will. Anyways. pretty cool it's pretty freaking awesome but yeah i thought it was really cool um because it's like i said it's a language that not a lot of people know about and it's yeah. a very very old old language um i was surprised by how many people still speak it or how many now yeah, people I, still i was talking about the, my brother brought this up yeah like there's a lot of languages in mexico mm-hmm there's like a lot, a lot of different lot ones. Besides but I thought it was like small pockets. 1.5 million? Like, that sounds like a lot. That's a good chunk. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, a lot. pretty good chunk. More than I would have thought. That's yeah. more than most. I like looked this up a while ago, like dying <laughs> languages. And there's like, and when you see when they're dying, it's like 8,000 people. Speaking. Yeah, that's 5, what 000. I was thinking. Yeah, like, but 1.5 million, that's a lot. Um, but yeah, this was the first commercial in 
in Mexico's history, I guess, that they've aired in that language. And it's also the first commercial just in history in general <laughs> that's ever been aired in that language. So I thought that was really cool. That is cool. But yeah, so that's pretty much all I have um, before we dive into our actual interview. Um, today for the interview, I spoke to Sandra Duran. Yes, we have the same first name. <laughs> um, she works for Planned Parenthood, and she talked to us about sex education and the things that Planned Parenthood does to, I don't know, educate people about sex. <laughs> I was going to say a joke. I was like, maybe I shouldn't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and there is, I know, a lot of controversy surrounding Planned Parenthood, which is kind of why I wanted to do this interview. Um, obviously, we're not going to dive into the politics of it, but I did at least want people to know what Planned Parenthood is, because a lot of people just think of it as like this government-funded like abortion clinic, basically. <laughs> or racist clinic or yeah yeah there's, there's like a lot, a lot of things <laughs> but they do a lot of work um and at the very least i wanted people to know exactly what they do and what services they provide and blah 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 like obviously you make your own judgments on that and i'm not saying what you should think or anything like that i'm not trying to promote any sort of agenda at all i just wanted to like but you present know. it you know. Shut up. <laughs> I just wanted to present to everyone what it is that they do. What is your title? I don't remember. I'm sure she says it in the interview. I just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sandra. <laughs> um, she's like a like some kind of representative. Like she goes and she gives like talks at like conferences and stuff. And she also does a lot of other work with other programs and organizations, um, specifically for like Latin American communities. Okay. Um, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's the dog scratching at the door, if you can hear that. Yeah, so we'll dive right into that interview and I don't know, we'll see yeah. what happens. Okay. So we're here today with our special guest, Sandra Duran. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and what you do for a living? Yeah. Um, so I currently work as the Public Affairs and Communications Manager at Planned Parenthood of the Pacific Southwest. Um, it's one of the largest affiliates of um, Planned Parenthood in the entire country. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So Planned Parenthood sort of has this really um, broad system. We have like national affiliates and then we mm -hmm. have like local ones. Um, okay. so, so my particular affiliate covers San Diego, Riverside, and Imperial counties. Oh. Yeah, and so I uh, mostly do um, sort of advocacy work. There's also um, sort of two sides to Planned Parenthood, if you want to think about it that way. There's like <laughs> our health services mm -hmm. um, and education, and then we have a political advocacy side. Um, okay. So, yeah, so I mostly do work for that side of of things. The political advocacy side. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I've seen like on um, your social media pages where like you go and speak to places and stuff. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, yeah. I'm assuming that's part of your advocacy. Yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we do a lot of um, 
political education mm-hmm. and work out in the communities. So I definitely do that. And, and I'm also, um, you know, apart from my day job, I, I'm involved with a couple of reproductive justice organizations. Oh, okay. um, so I'm sit on the board for California Latinas for reproductive justice, which mm-hmm. is a statewide, um, policy organization here in California. Mm-hmm. And then locally, locally I chair, um, it's called the San Diego um, Coalition for Reproductive Justice, um, mm-hmm. and it's a group of a bunch of other nonprofits and other groups um, that we um, we like get together and raise funds for um, abortion access and other other reproductive justice issues. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, um, could you tell us a little bit about like the types of services and stuff that Planned Parenthood does for um, the communities that it serves? Yeah, in your case of very large community. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So nationally, Planned Parenthood um, serves about 2.4 million people each year. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's it's a huge amount of people. Yeah. Um, and we provide, you know, access to reproductive and sexual health services. So mm-hmm. everything from um, birth control, abortion, breast exams, cervical yeah. cancer screenings, STI mm-hmm. testing and treatment. Um, apart from like our direct services, we also provide comprehensive sex education uh, mm-hmm. in the community, like everywhere from the classrooms to um, health fairs. Um, mm-hmm. We have a program called the Promotoras program that they even do education like at bus stops, laundromats. Oh, wow. Yeah, like everywhere people are. Yeah, um, that's we awesome. try to be there. And then apart from our education services, we also do the political education and advocacy. Yeah. Um, on our action fund side, we also endorse candidates that are running for office that oh, support okay. access to sexual reproductive health. Um, and we do, you know, electoral work as well. So a lot. We do a yeah, lot. Of I had no idea. Things. Like so many. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're busy. Being, yeah. We're busy. I've never really been to a Planned Parenthood. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I wanted to do this interview yeah. was just so that people would know because I feel like. A lot of it is just what you hear in the media, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not the best information. <laughs> sure, yeah. There's a lot of so, misinformation out there about yeah, Planned like, Parenthood, hmm, for sure. Maybe I'm not the only one that has never really been to a yeah. Planned Parenthood. <laughs> no, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, different components to it. There's a lot of mm-hmm. work that we do, um, and we're really proud of, of the direct services we're able to provide and also the education and, um, and other services that we're able yeah. to provide to the community. A lot of um, people that come to Planned Parenthood, um, you know, tend to be like low income people Mm -hmm. um, or people that um, may not be insured, like have medical insurance or um, things that that rely on like federal or state funding to receive their care. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're really proud to be such an important resource. Yeah, is it all free, all of the services? Um, it depends. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have insurance, like you can use you can use that if we accept that insurance or there's okay. like a sliding scale depending on your income. Okay. Um, some services, depending on what you have, like if you have Medi-Cal um, yeah. or if you qualify for this really cool program in California called Family Pact mm-hmm. um, that covers um, uh, like uh, preventive services and things like that, then you can get access to everything for free which that's is that's awesome yeah it's, so it's really definitely important. accessible <laughs> yes yes yeah even if you um you know if you don't have insurance we um you know our staff works with people to figure mm-hmm. out what how what, to get things done yeah because we don't want to turn anyone away ever yeah. for not being able to afford a service right mm-hmm. so there's lots of different sort of um avenues scales and things that that we mm-hmm. try to do to ensure that 
That's everyone awesome. gets the care they need. Everyone should absolutely get all the health care they need yeah. all the time, regardless of how much money they make. So, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so now kind of diving into the topic of today's mm-hmm. podcast, I uh, wanted to ask if you believe that reproductive um, rights or reproductive education should be incorporated within classroom settings or public education settings. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think... Uh, and we at Planned Parenthood believe that young people and students mm-hmm. absolutely deserve the right to have all of the information they need mm-hmm. um, to be able to make fully informed decisions about what they want to do with yeah. with their body and, um, you know, how they want to engage in relationships. Um, mm-hmm. So we think it's really important to provide that information to students yeah. who actually want and ask for this information. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, comprehensive sex ed is is about like giving them the options to decide what they want to do yeah um and for them to be able to like make that decision themselves um and we believe they absolutely have a right to do that and to access that information and we should be providing that um for them absolutely because at the end of the day when they are in those situations it's going to be them making that decision not their parents or not someone else right (laughs) yeah we need to you know give them the tools that they need um Mm -hmm. to be able to and you know it's even it's not just about um you know a lot of people think like sex education is just about like birth control and condoms and it's really it's Mm -hmm. so much more than that it's about like healthy communication skills um it's Mm -hmm. about consent it's about how do you have um how do you engage in a healthy relationship with someone you know mm-hmm. how do you navigate those discussions and those conversations mm-hmm. um so it's it's much more broad than that yeah. um, and it's absolutely something that would benefit would be to everyone's benefit yeah. to have like, that I wish I had had that conversation <laughs> I know yeah um, and that's what a lot of people say like I have a lot of conversations with people that um like ask them what their sex ed sort of experience was like when yeah. they had sex ed in yeah. school and it's always you hear like horror stories of like yeah they either didn't have it or it was just like someone put a, a condom on a banana and that was the that was it. Yeah. nobody talked they to them about anything they a bunch of nasty pictures of STDs yeah it's, like, <laughs> fear. It day. it's yeah. like very fear based about like all of like the negative you know things that could happen and it's yeah. not really about um, you know it doesn't really treat them as like fully fledged humans that are gonna be making these decisions. It doesn't prepare them for the real world or their real lives, so. Yeah, so kind of going off of that, I know, like you said, you've heard horror stories and that topic incorporates so much more than Mm -hmm. what most people think. So would you say that the public education system is doing a good job Mm -hmm. with the sex ed curriculum? (laughs) Yeah, um, so, Unfortunately, it's very so much by yeah. like where we're talking about, right? Like yeah. nationally, um, we're nowhere near where we're supposed to be in terms yeah. of providing this for students, right? There's a lot of states um, that still mandate like abstinence-only sex education, mm-hmm. which doesn't talk to students about like anything really, <laughs> um, except abstinence. Yeah, and um, and then it just sort of you know varies. By state by state. So mm-hmm. my affiliate here that I work for is located mm-hmm. in, in California. So um, we recently, a few years back, passed something called the California Healthy Youth Act, mm-hmm. which um, mandates comprehensive, medically accurate sex education in public oh. schools. Um, 
And so, um, you know, that was like a really great thing that that got passed here locally. Obviously, not all states have something like that. Yeah. But even after that was signed into law, um, it still doesn't mean that all counties and all school boards are going to actually implement that. Right. So it even varies by like what school School district district, you're talking about, um, how good they what good of a job they're doing at implementing and making sure like, yeah, yeah, technically, theoretically, students have the right to this, but sometimes it just still doesn't happen, yeah, you know? The access to yeah. it is a different story. <laughs> right, right. Um, and sometimes when, when things like this are passed and there there isn't, like, a budget or there isn't something put in place to ensure, like, to hold school districts accountable to make sure that they're complying with the mandate, yeah. um, then, you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen. Slips through so, cracks. Yeah, and so... Um, we here, like, um, I work out of San, San, San Diego and mm-hmm. we have, um, Planned Parenthood has a really good relationship with our, uh, local school district here. Um, mm-hmm. we actually train all of the teachers, um, at San Diego Unified, um, oh, to okay. that do like their, that provide sex ed for their yeah. students. Like we train them. And oh, so we, that's cool. I yeah, have no idea. Yeah. So we make sure that, you know, they're teaching Magley Accurate comprehensive sex education yeah um but unfortunately you know like all students don't have access to that and it's it's really unfair and it's such a shame that it just varies depending on what zip code you you live in yeah what access and what information and what education you're receiving yeah um, so but overall yeah we need to doing such a better job and mm-hmm. and we're really just um doing such a disservice to students by not yeah. giving them all the information that they should be receiving yeah um so so that, um, that collaboration between you and the school district mm-hmm. here in San Diego is that something like where you have to partner up with them or is that just something where you approach the school district and say hey we can provide this service for you yeah I know um I'm not 100% sure because this has been happening for a while now so I'm not sure how it started if mm-hmm. they reached out to us um mm-hmm. or we reached out to them but um we essentially um, you know, provide trainings for their staff yeah, um, and for teachers all the time and um, to make sure that they're, you know, providing the right yeah. information. Um, but yeah, it's really important to sort of form those like local partnerships yeah. on the ground. That's pretty um, awesome. And um, to just, you know, invest in the education of our youth and, and mm-hmm. of students, right? Um, yeah. And to make sure that, um, that that's happening. And a lot of times too, there's things that like, um, you know, students themselves or parents or teachers or whomever can do to mm-hmm. advocate to make sure that this is happening in yeah. their schools. Yeah, right? that's kind of where my mind was going yeah. that maybe like school districts or teachers, principals, whatever out there, parents even mm-hmm. can try to reach out yeah. to either their school districts or to you guys and yeah. see if you can get that. And we have had that happen. I've had um, a lot of high school students that sort of intern with us or, mm-hmm. you know, like find out uh, um more about us and they like really want to have this information so I've had high school students come and intern for us that um their project ends up becoming um them bringing like comprehensive sex that to their school that's awesome yeah like they haven't had it or um or like maybe they don't go to a public school and so the the, you know the laws around the curriculum is is different different, yeah um but it's every time that we've had a student sort of demand this and Mm -hmm. um, do the work and really like want to advocate for themselves and for their peers to have this information. um, You know, we've been able to 
they've been able to talk to their sort of like student deans or counselors mm-hmm. or whomever to like bring people out to do this education. That's right? awesome. Um, and so what matters is that the education that they're receiving is like comprehensive and medically accurate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, so there's things, there's times where students have, you know, advocated for themselves to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's incredible and amazing. Yeah. And, and I love that that's happening, but also, you know, um, the I'm adults sure in their lives, was, yeah. you know, like we also have a responsibility to our youth yeah. and to students to, to be advocating on, on, on their behalf mm-hmm, yeah. for, for this to happen. Right. Like we need to figure out, um, what's being taught in our schools and mm-hmm. what access kids have or young people have to the information. And so I think there's things that even if you're not a school board member, yeah, <laughs> um, that, you know, our communities and the general public can do to ensure that, um, we're standing up for young people and and listening to what their needs are and mm-hmm. listening to them when they say, hey, we are supposed to have comprehensive sex ed and my school hasn't taught it in like yeah. four years. So what's going on? Right. Yeah. Um, and we need to take them seriously, too. I think a lot of times like, yeah, people don't take <laughs> like young people or students um, seriously when they're yeah. saying like, hey, like, why don't we have this? We need to have this. Nobody knows anything about anything. Like, yeah. And, and I know like people are having sex, right? Like, yeah. I have students <laughs> that are like, yeah, my friends are having sex, but they don't understand like what's going on. They don't know how to like, with the risk that's involved. They don't know yeah. how to protect themselves. They don't know like how to ask for consent or like what that looks like. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> we need to take that seriously yeah. and, <laughs> and fight to make sure that they have access to that for sure. Yeah. And then I know that you mentioned, um, like it varies from state to state. So Mm -hmm. there are some states, like you said, that practice abstinence. And part of that is like their argument that if you don't Mm -hmm. teach abstinence until marriage, right. Yeah. That you're basically advocating or encouraging this lifestyle that's like unhealthy, that where they're just sleeping around Mm -hmm. and ruining their lives by getting STDs or getting pregnant. Um, so what would you say to people who feel that way? Um, we know that that's just not the reality of what's happening here. Um, mm-hmm. And even, I mean, in conversations that you have with students and young people, we know that that's not what's happening. But we also know that the research backs this up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of data out there, um, specifically from um, an institution called Guttmacher Institute um, mm-hmm. that people can, can go look at. But the research, you know, over years and decades, decades has shown yeah. that when you teach um, comprehensive sex ed, um, there's lower STI rates, there mm-hmm. are lower incidents of like unconsensual sexual activity yeah. or assault, there are lower incidents of unintended pregnancies. Um, even now we're seeing there are lower incidents of bullying for like LGBTQ plus oh, students when yeah. you teach, because comprehensive sex ed is supposed that to be LGBTQ that. plus inclusive. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so, well, at least in California. Yeah, <laughs> um, it should be everywhere. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so like we're it's just such a great benefit. It's mm-hmm. um, to to young people and to students, and and we know that the opposite is true as well. So when you teach abstinence only sex ed, mm-hmm. those incidents like spike up, right? Yeah. Bullying, like harassment, um, STI rates are way higher, unintended mm-hmm. pregnancy rates are way way higher. So um, we just that's. It, it's just, it's a disservice to teach absence yeah. only sex ed. 
Yeah. Um, and it's... <laughs> it always reminds me of... Um, do you watch Parks and Recreation? Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, this episode where they oh, go to, they like, teach, a... teach, like, the... Yeah, the senior The living. senior center. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And they're, like, doing the whole condom on a banana. And there's, like, that couple... I think it's, like, Marsha and Marshall mm-hmm. or something like that. And their whole thing is to advocate for, like, the sanctity of marriage or right. whatever. <laughs> and it always reminds me of that, how, like... Like, on the show, obviously, it's, like, very ridiculous and very obvious that that's not... Yeah, how you're supposed to do things, but unfortunately, that's the reality that we're right. in. <laughs> yeah, and also, um, a lot of people think that comprehensive sex ed does not talk about abstinence, which mm-hmm. also isn't true. Oh, comprehensive okay. sex ed actually does talk about abstinence. Yeah. It just talks about everything else all as well. All the Right. Yeah. Because, again, what you want is to give people all of the information options they need to make fully informed decisions, yeah. right? If you're only telling them about one thing... That's not giving them, like, the full range of information or options, right? Um, We want students to be able to engage in relationships however they want, you know, however they're prepared for, however they they deem is right for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that means abstinence, like, absolutely. Go for it. That's what that means, right? (laughs) Comprehensive sex ed isn't, like, saying that abstinence is bad or not talking about that. It's just talking Mm -hmm. about everything else because we see the reality of um what's happening in many states is like sti rates are actually on the rise even Mm -hmm. here in california they're on the rise um we're seeing like way more incidents of of things that were deemed to be almost like just non-existent like like syphilis (laughs) for example like the rates of that are going way up and things like that so we're like yeah we need more sex ed if mm-hmm. anything we don't need to talk to you about it less um that's yeah. just it does not mirror what's happening Re- like reality. in yeah. real life yeah. right um so so yeah so i just i always think it's like funny when people are like okay yeah t- teach you about teach conference of sex ed but also like talk to them about abstinence and i'm like that that's is what happens part of it, yeah <laughs> um but we're also just not going to ignore the real lives and experiences of young people right like if they are ready to engage in sexual activity and that is something that they want to do and that's Mm -hmm. the type of relationships they want to have like we want to sort of arm them with the tools that they'll need um because we do want them to be safe and healthy or you know practice safer sex and be um be responsible about um, how they want to engage and and be able to do what they need to to protect themselves and their bodies and their loved ones as well mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um did you hear about the sorry it just kind of reminded oh, no, me okay. um the i was in the news where it was like like old like a group of old people right mm-hmm. it was like uh, a mature lady yeah. and then like three or four mature males mm-hmm. that were caught in a park Mm-hmm. engaging in sexual activities oh like in a public park yeah <laughs> i just thought it was like like it just reminded me because you're like oh yeah they should be engaging the reality is that this is happening right but even at any age oh <laughs> just yeah. Like in that episode, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah um absolutely yeah and and actually yeah it's interesting that you say that because we um we also do provide, like, Planned Parenthood also provides, um, it's not just education for youth, right? Like, mm-hmm. we've, we've have some of our educators do, um, you know, uh, like, education for seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you well. guys do that, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're everywhere people want us to be. <laughs> um, and then also, um, we provide, like, 
uh, education to parents, like mm-hmm. communication sort of education, yeah. for them to be able to also have these conversations with, with, their, with their student, with their kid, right, yeah. with their children. Because um, ideally we want students to not only receive this information from school, like we want them to be able to ask questions yeah. to the adults in their lives that they feel comfortable yeah. with. Um, we want them to be able to to go to their parents if that's something that that they're comfortable with we want mm-hmm. them to be able to go to like trusted adults um yeah you know it should be like an ongoing sort of conversation in their lives yeah um, like all around them not yeah. just from one specific source right yeah <laughs> like you know i i'm that's sort of like the world we envision that, yeah that they it, we absolutely want them to have this like this education um in schools because the reality of the situation too is that some parents just aren't comfortable having these discussions with their kids. That was actually going to be the next question was like, there's also views that think that sex ed does not belong in school settings, that it should be the sole responsibility of the parents. And that's like a very personal conversation to have. And the parents should decide what information gets put out there or Mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would love to live in a world where, you know, all, all young people are able to go to their parents to ask these questions, mm-hmm. right? And I just know that's not where we're at. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of um, just parents out there that either aren't comfortable having these discussions or also they didn't get sex ed when they were younger. Yeah. So they sometimes don't yeah. know. Or um, their sex ed was don't have sex until marriage. Right. And that like, was it. <laughs> sometimes they don't have the answers to the questions that their children are asking, right? And yeah. like, um, you know, we want parents to be involved in having these discussions. We want the children's guardians and trusted adults to be a part of these discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, we also know that some students are not going to receive that from their from their home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to make sure that they can receive it at school so that they at least get the information there. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, like parents and, and whomever their their guardians are, whomever, like, can supplement that and should talk to them about other things, you know, <laughs> beyond this. Um, so yeah, ideally, I, you know, we want, we want parents to be um, involved in those discussions. That's why we have sort of the parent communication classes that we do as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, you know, it should be like sort of a, um, it's like a, a responsibility, like a social responsibility yeah. to educate people about this topic. And I think it's like, it's honestly, it's a, a community effort um, yeah. to make sure that we're doing right by young people. Yeah, um, it's kind of like um, like where I work, we do classes for the parents as well. Mm-hmm. And we try to get them to be involved, like yeah. as involved as possible. Um, but again, like you said, it yeah, sometimes things don't happen yeah. <laughs> the way you want them to or the way that they should be happening. Yeah. So, yeah. And the truth is that also... Um, parents can opt students out from mm-hmm. receiving this education. Yeah, yeah. So um, sometimes people argue that, um, you know, the parents are, are not, like, able to decide, like, what education their students receive. Mm-hmm. But they, they can opt them out um, yeah. of this if that's sort of what they choose. But, um, but, yeah, I just think, and there's just, like, so many other factors involved if you think about, like, different, like, you know, like cultural stigma or different yeah. things like that can get in the way of of a student being comfortable, you know, with with asking certain questions to certain people. Um, mm-hmm. We just want them to have access to it. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, like they deserve this information. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like Planned Parents specifically has 
professionals that are they, yeah. they're, they're trained on this they they know how to answer these questions yeah. they like have all this information and so it's really um it's just a tool for them to mm-hmm. to be able to make decisions that they want to make regardless of whether that means not engaging in sexual activity or engaging mm-hmm. in it or whatever it is or um, whatever morals or yeah. cultural values or traditions or whatever they want right. to uphold yeah and yeah. and and we, you know, really want to respect and honor mm-hmm. everyone's, where everyone is at. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important. And also it's important to also acknowledge that, like, comprehensive sex ed, you know, at least in California, is LGBTQ inclusive. Like, mm-hmm. some youth that identifies LGBT or queer, um, you know, might have additional barriers um, or additional, That's like, true. stigma. Like, if they have specific... Questions. Yeah, or like <laughs> if they don't live in supportive homes or things yeah. like that. Um, like, like if it's a very hetero household right. and they have questions about non-hetero sexual activities, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to ask those questions. Yeah, or mm-hmm. or you know, if like if their families don't support that part of their identity or yeah. what have you, like they should still be able to access this information, right? Yeah. So if we if we um, don't teach it in school or we leave it up to um, whatever else you we might be doing like a huge disservice to like queer youth Mm -hmm. um so i always think about that too yeah i didn't even think about that yeah (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) um but i guess to leave us somewhere Mm -hmm. or whatever (laughs) um to wrap it up uh is there something like you want to leave everyone with like if there's one thing that you want people to walk away with from this conversation like what would you want that to be i think um the fact is even though we hear like i think we hear a lot of um maybe backlash or stigma when we talk about sex ed or things Mm -hmm. like that the fact of the matter is that the majority of americans do actually support comprehensive sex ed like that's Mm -hmm. what research and and polls and data tells us um and i think that's really important to uplift because sometimes like um the other side or you know however you want to call it can be very vocal (laughs) but the fact of the matter is that most of us do support access to a comprehensive sex ed and i just think um it's just it's our responsibility like it's our duty to to inform young people and like give Mm -hmm. them access to all the information that they want and need it's i just think it's so irresponsible for us to pretend like what's happening isn't happening right like young people are engaging in sex like we cannot pretend like that's not happening yeah um and so we can either like you know shut our eyes and like pretend that that's not real and (laughs) um but it is and Mm -hmm. so we have a responsibility to um make sure that they know how to how to um engage in a like safe healthy respectful way yeah um and i think also even comprehensive sex ed i personally think has a long way to go really to get to where i think we need to be i think there's there's conversations that still aren't being had about um you know engaging in like um in relationships in different ways or even like i think people are afraid um still to talk about like we don't really talk about like what about like the beautiful parts of what this could be right it's still very like clinical and medical and like um and that's you know that's good but also i think there's just there's a piece that's missing i think still about like 
how this affects people like emotionally yeah um, then I think like we just like need to get there at some point um because you know for some people like this this is a very important and big decision for them right mm-hmm. and um and we just I don't know I just want to live in a world where um students and young people can really make those decisions um and really make choices for their lives for what they think they're prepared for mm-hmm. um or what they want to do in ways that doesn't make them feel ashamed and it doesn't yeah. make them feel afraid and it doesn't make them feel um like they're they're you know doing something wrong <laughs> yeah I, I just want i just want everyone to to be able to like do what what um what is best for them mm-hmm. right and you can't make that decision if you don't know what your options are and you can't make that decision if you don't know what a healthy relationship looks like yeah which a lot of people don't grow up seeing yeah so that kind of like all of that stuff with r kelly like i don't know if you've seen the documentary for that no i is i can't (laughs) but yeah i yeah like i'm sure if everyone was touching upon those subjects of like how to have a healthy relationship or what a healthy relationship looks like what are the signs of like a relationship where you're being manipulated or yeah. you're being taken advantage of or yeah. whatever it would be helpful yeah, <laughs> some I people think. don't know like what abuse looks like yeah right? yeah um and, and it's, it's not always obvious yeah so right. like kind of keeping an eye out it's like you have to be informed to even notice it yeah and this happens in um like i don't know i think also there's this notion that like a abuse in relationships sorry (laughs) oh that's what it was there you go um yeah i think there's this notion that like unhealthy or abusive relationships only occur like when you're older like as an adult or like later on in life Mm -hmm. but like that happens to young people all the time that happens to students like all the time Mm -hmm. they're they engage in like unhealthy relationships sometimes because they don't know what else there is or like what it should look like or they don't realize they're like in a, a cycle of abuse yeah. right like even just that even just like us our responsibility to like teach them what that looks like and that you know they deserve better and mm-hmm. like even just that is is so important and you know i think people assume that that's like not happening to like teenagers that are like yeah. in love but no, yeah that happens to them too mm-hmm. um and we like have to protect them from that as well so it's just there's just a lot i think um that like our communities have to do we have like a long way to go to really be at a place where we're like doing right by youth i think mm-hmm. around this topic because i think some people it's just so taboo for them to talk about yeah. it or or you know, it goes against their beliefs, um, or you know, what have you. But um, or even just like um, like talking about periods, or yeah. talking about oh, childbirth. God, yeah. Everyone's still like, I don't want to talk about that. I'm like, yeah. it happens. Like, yeah. <laughs> you came out of your mother's yeah. vagina. Yeah. Like, that's right, and just that is how part it works. of <laughs> comprehensive sex ed too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like talking about anatomy, talking about yeah. like what that looks like, um, talking about menstruation, like all these things. So. Um, it's just, they, they just need, they just need this information. We all need this information. Yeah. I know I, I, I'm still learning about my body all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I, I didn't really have the best sex ed either. Yeah. Um, and there are things that I wish 
I had known or been aware of before I engaged mm-hmm. in um, in sex. And so there's just, I'm just like, yeah, like, that's just the reality of mm-hmm. where we're at. And I think we can do so much better. Um, so yeah. I just, I guess I just want to leave people with that. Like, students deserve this. We can do so much better mm-hmm. for them. Um, and we just, it's just, it's to everyone's benefit. Yeah, and then do you want to go over, like, where they can get access to all of that information, like um, reproductive education, whether it be parents trying to get Mm -hmm. information for Mm -hmm. their kids or kids trying to get information for themselves? Yeah. Um, So our national website is PlannedParenthood.org, and they have a lot of really helpful materials even about, like, yeah, like parents, how to to talk to your kids about Mm -hmm. different topics. Um, there's like a lot of videos um if you're a student yourself and you like are just wondering about certain things there's a whole bunch of different like topics you can look at um locally our website is plan.org um mm-hmm. and it has like more local information about like where if you need to go if you want to go to Planned Parenthood like where they're located mm-hmm. and things like that um I also um really respect this organization that I think does really great work called Advocates for Youth mm-hmm. um that that's sort of like they specialize in you know advocating for you (laughs) um and their rights and their you know their rights to access different things so they also have a lot of really great information and they have Mm -hmm. a lot of like youth led and created content um Mm -hmm. which i think is really important yeah like peer education is really important for students and things like that so um i would really recommend them and then if people are interested in like the research and, and data sort of side of things, yeah. I would, again, say Guttmacher um, Institute has a lot of really great information if people are looking for that. But, um, yeah, and, I and you know, if there's, like, parents out there who are, like, you know, I think I have, after having conversations with my mom personally, like, she didn't know herself so many things, so we, like, never had discussions around mm-hmm. this, I think you know, had she known more, she would have had more conversations with me, but she was still really open and, and, um, really caring. And, you know, Mm -hmm. she was still, um, like she walked me to a clinic to like get, um, the pill to get birth control when I was like 16 years old, which in retrospect, like her growing up super Catholic and like being very conservative, it it was huge. Um, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was like her really, um, respecting me and caring for me I think Mm -hmm. but um but yeah I think if parents you know they wish they want to have these discussions with their with their kids or or you know even like the theas or like aunts and uncles that want to sort of be able to have these conversations but they just don't like lack the knowledge I would encourage them to like educate themselves Mm -hmm. um like go to these resources and also you never know if someone's gonna approach you about the subject like you like maybe you don't have kids but you have nieces and nephews or whatever like you never know if they're gonna feel comfortable approaching you instead of approaching their parents or something right yeah (laughs) so it's you know it's also like important for us I think we have like young people in our lives to Mm -hmm. sort of be that resource yeah if you will if we can um and to like educate ourselves and so or at least know where to where we could like direct them, direct them. Yeah. exactly <laughs> um so i think that's also an important thing for us to do yeah well i think this was awesome thank you so much for taking the time to be here with yeah, us thank you <laughs> for interviewing me <laughs> okay so first off i want to apologize for the terrible sound quality of that interview yeah, it's pretty bad. That was my pretty bad. bad. 
That was my bad. Um, I did that interview by myself um, in San Diego. And yeah, I had to go down and David was supposed to go, but then he didn't end up being able to go. And I was at the last minute, and so he couldn't teach me how to work the equipment, and I had never I, done it before. Oh, well, I did show you. You literally, like, video called me 10 minutes before I was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so no, <laughs> you did not show me. It's super easy. Anyways. You got it down. You just I was able to do it, AC. but I was so, like, focused on trying to figure out how to do it that, I, yeah, I didn't... I forgot that the AC was on and I forgot to turn it off. And so that's what you hear in the background. But yeah, anyways. Um, so what I thought was cool about the information that she gave us was that their definition of sex education was like so broad and encompassed so many different things. You know, it wasn't just like the basic like birds and the bees type of talk. It was like having healthy relationships and healthy communication and like really taking care of yourself and like consent and all of that stuff. Yeah, that's good. That's good information for, you know, especially for dumb teenagers and Yeah. You don't I've know. I've heard a lot of and obviously I'm not going to name names or anything, but I've heard a lot of stories of people's like first times, like first times having sex and stuff and it's like really sad. <laughs> like yeah I, I, if it was possible I would love to have people kind of send in their stories or something but I feel like that's probably too personal and no one would want to do it be anonymous even as it is we don't ever get any yeah. responses anyways but um, but yeah I've heard very awful stories about people's first experiences with sex or first experiences with relationships um, so I think that's really awesome, and it, I do feel like that's something that, like, information that everyone should have, because it, it can make a huge difference. Yeah. And save people from a lot of, like, emotional and psychological trauma, probably. Maybe even physical trauma if they're in some kind of DV situation and they're not, like, aware of it because they've never been taught better. Domestic violence situation. Um, well, I guess it wouldn't be domestic violence, right? Because they wouldn't li be living together if they're teenagers. Yeah. But like an abusive relationship. Anyways. Um, yeah. So in an ideal world, I think it would be awesome for everyone to have access to this information. Um, and the website is pretty cool if you go to it. There's a lot of stuff on there for people to check out. Is it easy to navigate? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good website. Well, at least from my point of view. I know David, when he looks at websites, sees something completely different than I do because he, like, makes websites. Um, so for me, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And then he, like, sees all these flaws with it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. For me, I'm like, yeah, I was able to find what I needed, so I don't care. But, um, but yeah, so I thought it was really awesome. Um and I know that she also mentioned that there's a lot of states that don't have any requirements for sex, for sex education in public schools. Um, and unfortunately, Washington State is one of those states, which is where we live. 
So I did some digging and I actually found an article that's pretty recent um, and it's titled Opponents Denounce Proposed Battleground Sex Ed Curriculum Update. It was published October 14th, 2019 by the Columbian. Um, and a quote from there says, the vast majority shared concerns that the lessons are age inappropriate in Congress with family values or promote liberal agendas. That's dumb. And I hate that, like, age appropriate. Like, you should start at a young age, I feel age like. Age inappropriate, yeah. I think it just, I think people always think things are age inappropriate. Like, even. Well, yeah, if, if anything, oh, my God, if they said penis, and, or they're showing pictures of penises and vaginas. Yeah. Like, oh, my kid should not see that. Yeah, they should. Honestly, even in preschool, I've had parents where they're already talking about anatomy with their kids. Yeah, I think that's And fine. I'm like, okay, like, I'm probably not allowed to cover that, right, yeah. in my classroom, but, like, I'm, like, you do what you want to do at home, you know? Um, but I think people give, like, they underestimate young people a lot, yeah. I think. Um, even just with, like, the sexual abuse topic, you know? A lot of people are like, like, well, is that appropriate for me to talk to my kid about like yes. sexual abuse, and I'm like, it's not like you're going up to your five-year-old child and saying, like, rape, and rape is when they force their penis into your vagina or something, you get me? Like, you're talking to them about, like, empowerment and them being able to say no and what's appropriate and what's inappropriate, what's safe and what's not safe, you get me? Yeah. Like, it depends on how you go about it, right? But the topic itself wouldn't be age inappropriate. Nope, it wouldn't. And then, yeah, parents got to get stuff being weird about it like you have to talk about it yeah it's, it's gonna be a comfortable shirt. if you don't talk about it someone else is gonna talk to them about it and it's probably not gonna be the information that they need to hear or the accurate information or blah 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 right but yeah so i guess in battleground that was up for debate whether they were gonna have sex education or whether they needed to change i guess the sex education curriculum and, yeah, I guess people felt like it was age-inappropriate and it promoted liberal agendas. And I think it should also go beyond politics, right? Like, who cares whether it's liberal or conservative or whatever? Like, it should be about what's going to be best for the general public, not about, like, your personal political views or your personal agendas that you want to promote or don't want to promote yeah but yeah I, don't know. I feel like everything takes on some kind of political thing or religious thing or whatever yeah they always tie it into some like you tie it into everyone anything. always has to like pick yeah. sides or something but I think it's bigger than that, like, kind of like that whole thing with the Sandy Hook Promise program, where it was going beyond, like, gun control and gun rights, which is what most people were focusing on with yeah. the school shootings, and instead they were focusing on, like, educating the public and what to do if you're in that situation, and, like, talking to your kids so that that situation doesn't even happen, you know? Um Again, it's like they they went beyond the politics and focused on the actual human <laughs> part of it. Um, 
which yeah. I think is what people need to be doing, but don't usually ever do. Um, another quote from the article, and it's quoting someone named Doug Shetty, which I guess he was present at this meeting, um, and he said, quote, listen to your conscience, listen to your heart, listen to the morality that's being expressed here. So again, I think it, I'm guessing it's probably religious. Yeah, and that's a pretty dumb I don't even, like, that's so vague. It's like, what does that even cool. mean? Yeah, I'm like, what? what? Like, what do you that's mean? That's such a subjective thing to say. Like, everyone's moral compass is different. Everyone's heart is going to be telling them something different. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah. Again, that, sh- that should go beyond your own personal moral compass. And it should be, like, you should be trying to look at this objectively yeah definitely I think um, but yeah another quote it's a letter from representative Vicki Kraft and it says R Vancouver I'm guessing that means that she's a Republican um, but I'm not entirely sure about that but what made me pull this quote out was that it's a representative right so she's a political figure so you'd think that her, her response would be like more less f- ignorant <laughs> or like yeah more based off some type of fact or study yeah more yeah yeah i guess like less biased more like if anyone should be thinking about what's best for the general public it should be a political figure right because they're supposed to be serving the general public well there's obviously a lot of people that think like her so she's serving them Yeah, but that's a very specific public. That's not a very general public. You're serving everyone when you're a representative or political figure. That's not what they do. They serve whoever votes for them. They're same people who share same ideologies with them. Yeah, but that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm, In a way, those people get you voted in. But it's like me saying, okay, like. Uh, you're, uh, I'm Hispanic and I'm a teacher, so it's good for me because people that are Hispanic like tend to have good relationships with me in the classroom. Like those families have good relationships with me in the classroom because I'm Hispanic. But that doesn't mean that I'm only going to be thinking about the Hispanic kids in the classroom. That doesn't mean that I'm only going to be serving or catering to the Hispanic children in the classroom. Like I still have to think about what's best for the whole classroom. I still have to meet the needs of all the children in the classroom. But that's, that's so subjective. That's opinionated. No, you that's think, their job description. What you think is best is not best. What everyone's going to think is best. Yeah, that's the whole point of voting in elections, so that they get to elect what... That's what they do. So they vote for this chick, and she's going to stop sex education. I guess. Well, I don't think she can stop it. I think they all still have to vote on it. Yeah, that's my point. Anyways, so yes, the letter says, well, no, the quote says, the letter suggested students are more likely to start having sex earlier, and as a result, criminal or violent acts may result. And again, I would expect better from a political figure, like something actually based in science and statistics. She might have just said sex is bad. Yeah. That would have been better, honestly. That's like fear-mongering, basically, (laughs) like... Like, if you have sex, you're going to be a criminal. Like She should have said something more racist, like, oh, look at the minorities. They have sex all the time. You're so <laughs> stupid. 
Oh god, I can't even laugh right now. It hurts. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of the article, or another thing in the article, said, quote, according to a 2016 report in the Journal of Adolescent Health, comprehensive sex education can reduce the rates of sexually risky behaviors, improve reproductive health outcomes, increase contraceptive use, and decrease pregnancy rates. Like, that's actually based in some kind of research. Like, (laughs) um, that's what I probably would have expected to be coming out of the mouth of a political figure. That's all it takes is, like, one thing to stick with you, and then it'll make you think. Yeah. One one phrase out of that whole stupid lecture they probably got in sex ed. Yeah. And that's, like, like, what Sandra was saying, right? Like, it's not about, like, like, making them... Or, like, pushing them in any sort of direction. It's just about giving them all of that information so that they can make the decisions for themselves. Yeah. And then it'll be an educated decision instead of, like, going in blind or, like, going on impulse or... My homie said... Yeah, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, some (laughs) dumb trick or something. Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, at the end of that article, it said that they were going to vote on it on the 28th. So I went through the Colombians' articles, and I found the one for the 28th. And it's titled, Battleground School Board Boots Sex Ed Requirement. It was published, like I said, October 28th, 2019, by the Colombian. A quote from the article says... Battleground Public Schools didn't just reject its sexual health education curriculum Monday night. It threw out requirements that it teach sexual health education altogether. Nice. Good job, Battleground. Yeah. Nice going, Battleground Public Schools. Teen pregnancy, here we come. For real. But yeah, another quote says the board voted 3-2 to two to overhaul its internal sexual health education policy, eliminating requirements that the district teach sex ed unless the state requires it. As it stands, Washington law only requires that school districts teach about HIV and AIDS prevention, AIDS prevention, end quote. But as we all know, HIV and AIDS is not the only thing that can result from having sex. So I feel like there's giant, giant holes in that yeah. curriculum, I guess. But again, every state votes on its own laws. So if Washington wants to change that, the people have to vote to change that, right? Well, that's still, that's, I don't know, that's democracy right there. That county doesn't care for it, then. They don't care. The state doesn't. Yeah, well, but it was the state doesn't. So the state gives every county a choice. That's the rule, right? So I'm guessing Vancouver does sh- sh- uh, teaches sex ed. I have no idea. Or Clark County, wherever the hell we're at. And Stop telling people where we live. What's wrong with you? <gasps> we're not stalkers now. We get fan mail. Yeah, right. Free stuff. Yeah, freaking anthrax <laughs> in the mail or something. Glitter bombs and stuff. Anyways, yeah. So. Battleground does not teach sex ed ed education. (laughs) Shut up, I'm sick. (laughs) My brain is like half dead. (laughs) Um, Whatever, you guys know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you want to get learnt on sex, 
go to Planned Parenthood. Yeah, if out. you go to the Planned Parenthood website, there's actually a lot of information on there. It's pretty awesome. Um, there's information for, you know, like if you want information for yourself, um, like if you're a teenager or an adult even, whoever, if you want information for yourself, there's information for you there as well. But there's also information for parents and educators. So there's actually like um, like PDFs, I guess, that you can download where it's like like for parents on how to teach sex ed to your kids. So if you're someone that lives in battleground mm-hmm. and you know that your kids are not getting this information at school, you can go on to the Planned Parenthood website, download that thing, and then have that conversation with your kids, even if you come from a background where you don't have a lot of information on that topic, right? So I know, like, like a lot of the times people don't, like, they don't want to have these talks with their kids or they don't know how to have these talks with their kids because they never got that talk from their parents or they don't even have a lot of information about sex education or maybe all they've known is domestic violence relationships, so they don't want their kids to do that, but they don't know how to prevent their kids from going through that, I guess. Um, So that makes it easy, right? You can just go on there, read about it, obviously prepare first to go through it and then have that talk with your kids. Um, Or you can even just go into a Planned Parenthood and probably get information from someone there. Um, And they also have things like that, like curriculums for actual educators. So if you are tasked with teaching sex ed at your school, um, you can actually go on there and get like ideas or there's like a curriculum on there for sex ed that you could use. Also, I would say if you're not a Planned Parenthood, if you don't, you don't like Planned Parenthood, because I know a lot of people don't, because of a lot of other con- contra, crunch, con- can't even say it. What? Con- con- controversial. Controversial. Yeah, controversial <laughs> stuff with them. You could Google all this stuff. You don't need them. Yeah, but. Stop trying to push your agenda on everyone's agenda. Not everyone likes Planned Parenthood. It's not about agendas. Did you not hear my whole speech like five yeah. minutes ago? Like what well, well, I'm saying, there's other options. It goes beyond your political beliefs, okay? It doesn't matter what Planned Parenthood like it's, means to you, okay? It's not even that. There's it's a, about the information. The, sh- like I said, there's Google and other forms of information out there there is but you should be very careful and make sure that you're getting correct information it's not hard to know what's crazy and far-fetched versus what's i don't know they're gonna go on wikipedia and like some sad loser probably typed up a bunch of random stuff in there and they're gonna be telling that to their kids there's a lot of other good sites out there there's a lot of good stuff. Well, make sure that you actually do your research and find, like, a good website. Yes. Okay? If you don't because, like Planned Parenthood. Like, yeah. Planned Parenthood. You don't want to support like, them or whatever. Places like that, it's like a whole system. It's not like they're just getting random information. Like, I'm sure people worked very hard to get correct information, to pull out, like, super accurate statistics, to really, like put that thing together in a way that's like comprehensive and that's fine all encompassing yeah I'm so just... find something comparable to that <laughs> don't just pull random freaking information from the internet that's Go my to, point uh, what is a how to wiki how to wiki no <laughs> no don't do that step one take your pants off <laughs> 
stupid. Don't do that. Just make sure okay. it's something like legit, please. I'm sure, web. What is it? Web. WebMD. WebMD is that the one? The That's just stuff? like if you want to find out that you're dying because you have a I'm cold. I'm not sure they have sex stuff there. I'm sure they do, but it's not going to be like teaching your child how to navigate their sex life. It's going to be just like if sure you have... Some, there's some YouTube tutorial. If you have blisters on your penis and go to the doctor, that's what it's going to tell you. Yeah, well, Planned Parents are going to tell, tell you that too. You got bumps? Yeah, but they're actually going to tell you how to navigate through these situations. WebMD is not about that. It's just about... All right. Medical stuff. Santa's trying to force this on everyone. I'm um, not. I said just make I sure you just find give, something comparable. I was giving options. Make sure you find something comparable, okay? Make sure that it's like an equivalent to it, not like something super dumb and not researched and shady and that's actually promoting some kind of moral or political agenda. Um yeah, I should go beyond that and make sure that it's actual, like, facts. Yeah, what do you think they're going to find a Christian version? That's gonna, yeah, it's going to be a Christian version saying that abstinence is the only option. And if you have sex, <laughs> freaking <laughs> Satan himself is going to crawl out the ground and jalar your patas and pull you to the freaking void and stuff. That's what's going to happen. Okay, whatever. Let's... <laughs> Just make sure you do your research properly, uh, and you're, you're not giving them all this crazy information that's not accurate or, like, I don't know, isn't going to serve them well, I guess. All right, let's uh, shout out to um, Sandra. D. D. Not me. The one that we interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> David's not shouting out me. <laughs> Shout out to Sandra D at Planned Parenthood, who was gracious enough to grant us an interview. And share knowledge on all y'all. Yes. Um, and hopefully people take the time to look beyond their political and moral beliefs to see that comprehensive sex education is valuable. Mm-hmm. Other than that, thank you so much for listening. If you have any suggestions for any other topics or for people that you would like us to interview or if you would like to be interviewed yourself, mm -hmm. please reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Uh, and all the names are? It's all on campus with Misty. Together? Yes. MS.T. On okay. campus with MS.T. All together. <laughs> All of They're called handles, right? I I don't know. I think like I know Twitter's handle, called a handle. Twitter handle. I yeah, I don't I have no clue. Yeah, I don't I think they're called handles. Or you can just go on the website. That's our handles, yo. Uh on campus. On campus podcast. <laughs> All the 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 links are on the bottom to each social media. Oh, yeah. If Little you go icons. on the website, you can Little just find our stuff icons. there. Little tiny icons. I think we're getting delirious from this disease that's festering <laughs> in my body. Anyways, um, yes, find us there. 
on catvincewithmisty.com. You can send us emails there as well. Um, if you'd like to be interviewed, we are located in the Washington area, Portland metro area. Um, but we might be able to travel to you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening. <laughs> pray for Catch you next. <laughs> yeah, pray for Sandra. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> Catch you all next uh, Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye.